The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you interested in changing a part of your life? Whether it's finances, relationships, reducing stress, or just personal health, sometimes just changing a few small things can bring great rewards. Welcome to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wadwa. We'll provide possible steps you need to see these improvements. All we ask is that you try them out. Now, here is Dr. Serena Wadwa. All right, and welcome to today's show. Thanks for tuning in and listening. I am joined today by Eileen Castell. Is that right? Oh, wonderful. Who is a licensed clinical professional counselor, and she has been working as a psychotherapist since, uh, well, for about nine years now, and Mm -hmm. uh, is the founder of Next Step Counseling, which is a group practice that focuses exclusively on young adults going through life transitions. And she specializes actually in relationship breakups, relationship ambivalence, and healthy relationships. So welcome to today's show and thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm I'm really excited to share some of the information that I have with people that are going through this type of transition or even know someone close to themselves that are going through this. So well, thank thanks. Yeah. Me. Well, I appreciate that. So, on that note, let's um, let's just when you talk about relationship um, breakups or relationship uh, ambivalence, you know, for the for for listeners, what you know, what might that mean? Because I don't know if a lot of people know relationship ambivalence. What that might mean? Yeah, it's definitely so. Um, the the relationship ambivalence is really relating to people that are in an intimate uh, relationship, and we're referring to romantic relationships, so either dating um, or marriage, and it's really uh, the ambivalence that might come up with things like, for example, with dating might be, you know, is this the person I want to be with? Is this the person I want to move in with? When's the right time to move in together? Is this the person I want to marry Um when's the right time, or even is this the right relationship for me? Do I want to get out? Um, And people sometimes just need an outlet to kind of sort through some of the confusion and some of the feelings related just to the relationship in in a safe space. So that's what I do in terms of the relationship ambivalence, just helping people sort through some of their confused thoughts or emotions so that they can make the best decisions that they feel comfortable with. And, you know, that's an interesting um, statement, too, because I wonder, you know, when you see people that do that. So, you know, as part of what you do is that you do help individuals um, that struggle with this that are part of a relationship. And for listeners that are tuned in, um, is it is it common for individuals to experience this? Well, I think, you know, every relationship is different, but I think 
even people that go on to live, have long, happy marriages with their partners um, at, you know, big turning milestones in the relationship, some that I had already mentioned, like moving in together, meeting of the parents, deciding to get married, deciding when to have kids, but those things can be huge turning points and even people that want those things want to make sure they're making the right decision and are and are confident with the the path that their lives are going. And so um, in terms of is it common, I think so, yes, definitely is what I see in my practice. And that doesn't necessarily mean if someone's coming in or needing some space to work through that, that doesn't mean that they don't love the person or want to be with them. Um, they're big decisions. So people just want to make sure that they're really thinking things through before they move forward. And I think that's a great point that you bring up because, you know, talking um, – with people sometimes, I often get the impression that they think that that does mean that they don't love this person. If they can't just say, yes, I do want to move in with you, or yes, I do want to marry you, or or any of those kind of responses um, to big decisions, that mm-hmm. somehow it does indicate, no, I'm not ready to be with this person, so therefore I can't I must not really love them or something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think especially living in a city and working with young adults, um, a lot of times we see, you know, two people dating and it's financially more feasible and logistically more convenient for young couples to move in together to to rent and just how long, you know, it takes to commute to one another's places. And so helping people think through, okay, if you're going to move in together, this is a pretty big deal in the sense that are you guys talking about a future together? Is this Mm -hmm. someone that you see long-term in your life? Because once you start merging your home together, you're merging your social lives, your assets, your finances, um, your, your lives are even becoming more intertangled than they already were. And that can lead to people, um, making it even harder to get out of a relationship that really isn't the right fit. And actually research shows, you know, part of the research that shows that couples that live together before marriage end up um, with a higher rate of divorce is because people tend to slide into marriage once they move in together. Um, Like I said, their lives are already um, pretty entwined. And so it's really hard to disengage from that. So a lot of times people can just end up sliding into that marriage. That's interesting. Oh, that's really interesting. I did not know that. So, mm-hmm. so oftentimes because they're already living together, it's just kind of one of those quick impulsive things to some degree. Um, yeah, maybe and it might not even be impulsive, but it's like, okay, well, we're living together. We're comfortable. We're happy. Like, can I really imagine not being with this person anymore and getting mm-hmm. back into the dating scene and going through that breakup and being single again? And it's a very overwhelming process. Um, yeah. If, you know, the relationship is, comfortable. Um, so, yeah, so I definitely see a, a lot of that. And, you know, the other question you had asked is exactly what a breakup is. And, um, you know, really it's the disillusionment or the, the disillusion or the ending of an intimate relationship through any means other than someone passing away. And so that can be a romantic partner. It could be marriage dating. It also could be a friend or a family member um, in terms of, like, what a breakup recovery experience might be. Um, so the purposes, though, I think of us talking today, I'm really going to just focus the discussion on heartbreaks in general from a romantic perspective. But a lot of what we're talking about can be applied to other scenarios. So I just wanted to put that out there. Absolutely, and I appreciate you doing that. And, and keeping it focused, um, I mean, for the listeners and 
recognizing that what you specifically want to talk about relates to um, romantic relationships and that in some mm-hmm. sense it can apply to other relationships. And if they do have questions about it, they can um, either contact you or even call in today or send an email and, and definitely oh, yeah, absolutely. We, yeah. we could try to address that. Great. So let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, just why, what does make, um, well, what are some reasons that people break up? Um, you know, I know you had mentioned a couple earlier, but what are some reasons that people end up uh, breaking off a romantic relationship? Sure. Yeah. Well, there's, obviously definitely an endless number of reasons that people break up and every breakup is unique to itself. But um, to, to give you some ideas, I do see a couple of things. One thing that I do see a lot of is people dating their partners for their potential of who they can become or the potential of where the relationship could possibly develop versus being in the relationship and with the person that is in front of you at that exact moment as they are. So I, um, I think that's one reason for a breakup is that people end up realizing this person isn't changing. They're not treating me the way that I want them to, or some of their needs aren't being met a hundred percent. And they were hopeful that that would change over time. And maybe it hasn't. That's a pretty huge one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's a, and I mean, so okay, if we're let you know starting off with this particular um, reason for a breakup, how long, from your experience at least in working with um, individuals, how long does it uh, generally or on average take for um, someone? And again, you know, from what you said, it does vary because there's lots mm-hmm. of different factors, and individuals yeah. are very different. Yeah. Um, on average, how long does it take for someone to? Um, to recognize this because that's that's pretty significant. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think um, you know one of one of the things about putting an effort to something is once we put in so much effort, we don't want to walk away from yeah. it because it would be such a waste because we've already put in so much effort. So I think the longer that you're doing this for, it has potential for the longer for it to go on, um, which is the irony, I guess, of it. I, I think it probably really comes down to each individual knowing what their needs are, what's not getting met, and really coming to terms with and letting go of the hope that this relationship will be something that's not or the hope that this person will begin to, for example, integrate me into their life more, but they don't, or make time for me more or prioritize me more, for example. Okay, so rec- so it sounds like even then one um, suggestion that you are offering listeners who may be in something uh, similar to this is really kind of looking at um, where they may be in the relationship mm-hmm. and then to look at, um, you know, is this are my needs being met from what you had mentioned, what's not mm-hmm. being met and, and looking at where their hope level lies. Absolutely. And looking at consistency, you know, there's so often I hear them say, yeah, but sometimes he can do this or sometimes she does this. And then it things are great then. And I say, well, that sometimes is I'm sure wonderful and amazing, but you need to really look at consistency and not just the sporadic moments when things are really, really great. 
And what makes that um, valuable in a relationship? What makes that consistency so valuable? Uh, Well, that's a really good question. Um, What makes the consistency valuable? I think that it, it's, showing you that the other person is emotionally available and as invested and committed to the relationship as you are. Okay. Because I, because so I, think, when, I, I think I dropped the term. I said emotionally unassailable. So you know, that's actually another thing that I do often see with, um, with breakups is a lot of times. And again, like I said, there's a number of reasons, but one of the things that I do see a lot of is, is when one partner is very invested and wants to move the relationship forward and the other partner might be emotionally unavailable. And so by that, I mean one partner is, has barriers or is creating barriers to the emotional intimacy. So uh, some so examples of those might be like a, a partner can't or won't commit or a partner can't move the relationship to the next level um, or maybe even on the basic level that you know someone won't even label the relationship. And so... so- so when all of that is present or when there isn't those barriers that you mentioned, the consistency of the behavior allows another person, to some extent, obviously, allows a person to know <clears throat> to some degree that this person is available, this person is present, this person is um, able to be vulnerable and be present and be willing to get to meet the other person's yeah. needs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And okay. you know that the interesting and difficult part is that a lot of times when someone is emotionally unavailable, they really don't even recognize it within themselves. And then the partner who is invested is doing a lot of self-blame and the insecurity comes up and the self-doubt, well, what if I try this? Or if they loved me more, they would do this. And it creates a lot of um, emotional distress when you are engaged in a relationship with someone that's emotionally unavailable. And think what happens is the invested partner tries to change the other person. And that kind of goes back to dating for the potential, but you know, mm. you're trying to change the, unemo- you know, the emotionally unavailable person and it's not happening. And so it's because their barriers, you know, they're a little bit more deep seated. Some, it could be fear. It could be detachment. Um, there's a number of reasons someone might be emotionally unavailable. Maybe they've been really, really hurt before and they don't want to open themselves up. Maybe they've experienced abandonment before in their, their life. There can be a number of reasons, but usually I think it takes um, whoever that party is that's not as invested or has barriers. I think it takes some real insight and real growth to work through that. And so um, it's a really difficult thing to work through on your own. And so I think when I do see a lot of clients coming in for breakups, it's not always this, but there is a high rate of when we're talking about the relationship, it it ends up coming out that their partner really wasn't available emotionally to be in a committed, um, serious relationship. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. 
Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Take charge of your fitness and take charge of your healthy life. Listen for Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. Think back over the past week, the past month, the past years. Are you like a lot of other people? Too busy with the kids, work, travel, social calendars, business calendars, the day, the night, this and that. Make the decision to be healthier. Just do it. Chad Austin has made a living from motivating people to stop excuses and make fitness a priority in their lives. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drserenawathwa at gmail.com. That's drserenawathwa at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. All right, and thanks for rejoining us. And if you are just joining us, we are talking with Eileen Castell, who is a licensed clinical professional counselor and discussing with us our relationship breakups and ambivalence and all things related to relationships. And, you know, before the break, we were talking about, um, you know, what relationship breakups are about and why people break up. And from your experience, what, um, or from your professional experience, what, what have you found um, the hardest thing about breakups to be for people? Wow. Um, you know, probably there's probably three things um, that I would say are probably the hardest. And I, I think it's a loss, a sense of loss of control. Um, it's probably the first thing. Um, you know, typically when we don't have a feeling of control, we end up having ruminating thoughts about it. Um, and, you know, our biology is pretty much if we can figure out why something isn't working or why it went wrong, then we can fix it, right? So a lot of times when we're not feeling in control or something bad's happening in our life, we we stay present-oriented in our thoughts and ask questions about, like, why is this happening? Why didn't they want to be with me? Why didn't they love me? Because we're looking for solutions. Um, but that's actually not very helpful. <laughs> it doesn't serve us very well <laughs> at all. So because we don't, we, we don't really get further into answers other than maybe what that person already told us. So what's, what's a better thing to deal with and what's really hard is to stay future-oriented um, and so to think about, like, what's next or how am I going to get through this? So I think that's probably one of the first things that's the hardest thing about breakups. Okay, um, so so yeah. just to kind of summarize that, um so, and it sounds like there's even a suggestion that you're offering listeners to that mm-hmm. might find themselves kind of in the mix of a breakup is mm-hmm. rather than, and, and I like how you phrase that actually, is rather than focusing on what can I do to fix this particular um, broken quote unquote relationship, mm-hmm. 
it's more looking at, okay, what, what can I do to be more effective or quote unquote better for the next one? Right. What can I do differently? Yeah. And, and usually I think when you're going through the breakup, people quite aren't ready to think about the next relationship. They can't even begin to envision that. And so maybe at the very basis, just how am I going to get through this day? How am I going to get through this week or this month? Okay. Okay. So what's the, uh, the second thing that you, um, yeah. So the second thing is, um, so there's something called peak end theory and I won't go too much into it, but basically we peak end theory is we remember the peaks. So we remember the high times, the low times and the end. And so it really basically skews our perception because we're not able to take a count of the relationship as an entirety or as a whole. Um, we typically remember the highs, lows, and the very, very end. And so if it's a bad ending, meaning if your heart's broken, it's a bad ending, right? <laughs> it didn't turn out the way you wanted. So um, to have that bad ending, it really colors and shades the entire relationship. And if you've ever gone through a breakup or a heartbreak or know anyone that has, things like self-doubt comes up. Like, did they ever really love me? Was our relationship even genuine? Did they ever really mean what they said? Um, And all of those thoughts and self-doubts come up because the end went bad and that just shades the color of the whole thing. And so um, to try to get through this, I work with people to really look at the facts. Don't just let your brain go into automatic looking at the highs, lows, and the end. Really look at the facts. Don't take away the good times from yourself just based on that end. Know that those sweet moments, they were genuine and they were authentic. And then give yourself that because in that moment of time, those sweet moments were sweet and they were good. You know, and that's an interesting point that you bring up because I, I think that a lot of people, you know, a lot of people feel like, you know, when there is a bad breakup that somehow that they've been duped. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. the whole yeah. time they've they've been duped in this relationship. And mm-hmm. and I can really appreciate what you're saying there because, you know, that that's so true. That's there are moments that have been very genuine in the relationship. And mm-hmm. and and it's not all, you know, a big duped experience. Yeah, absolutely. You are you're talking about it like exactly how I think to use the words feel duped is like right on cue and how people feel yeah yeah so that's so interesting that you're saying that and I and you know the just recognizing that you are going to remember um the highs and the lows and the bad ending more so than the way the relationship was um Mm -hmm. throughout its entire course I I think that's such a great point. Yeah. Um, and then what was the third one that you... Uh, the third one, um, you know, I could spend a lot of time talking about each of these, but I will be brief and say just the sheer missing your your ex, your partner, whether it's your ex-husband, your ex-wife, your ex-girlfriend, boyfriend, missing your ex um, is really just the hard part. And so what I encourage people to do when you're missing your ex try to identify what it is that you're missing. Um, this is going to sound harsh, but I'm going to talk through it after, but most of what you're missing is replaceable. Yeah. Um, maybe not perfectly substi- you know, replaceable, but you can find really good substitutes. So things like physical touch, engaging in similar social activities. So these are things you might miss about your ex. Physical touch, doing similar activities together, being a couple, having connections with them, like shared values, um, the way you fill up your day with them or missing supporting them or missing their support. And so a lot of those things 
are replaceable, meaning, you know, um, find friends to um, have a hug with or go get a massage. Um, you know, find friends that you can do social activities with. Um, you know, um, fill your day and make plans. If you used to be spending your evenings with your boyfriend, find a best friend to support you and try to get out of the house maybe a couple times a week and make plans that way. I'd say the one piece that's really, really hard that it doesn't come so easy is that special connection that you had with that person. That Mm. special connection may not be replaceable. And so that is one part that you just have to grieve and mourn and cry about and just allow yourself to go through that emotional, you know, experience. And, um, you know, crying actually is a really healthy thing. It releases a lot of hormones and um, it's good to cry. Actually, there's research that shows that mm-hmm. there's physical changes that happen when you cry and there, you actually, some uh, appearance looks prettier after you're done crying. <laughs> what the research oh, shows, so. okay. Well that's, well, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> So and I'm and I'm and I'm really grateful that you brought that up because, you know, I oftentimes hear um, from people when they have a breakup, whether it be friends or whether it be clients, that, you know, they they're just like I don't want to cry or I'm not going to greet. There's I'm not missing anything about that person was not that great of a person anyway. So why would I miss them? And 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 it's like no, it's Bill. Maybe you're not missing them, but there are things that you are missing and. Mm-hmm. You, you need to be able to just be okay. You know, you need to come, just acknowledge that at mm-hmm. least. Yeah, it's that whole grief process. And, yeah. you know, I think growing up um, in our society, we're taught to acquire things, but we're not taught what to do when we lose them. Yeah. And loss is really inevitable. There's no way around it. And so, you know, we typically learn things like don't cry or uh, you have to move on or it is what it is or don't feel bad. And, these indirectly teach us that feeling uncomfortable is really bad. But like I said, loss and difficult times are inevitable. So we need to learn how to tolerate and try to comfort ourselves when we are upset and to just ride it out. Okay. And so, so it sounds like then, um, and you know, I know you said like for the third one that um, it may sound harsh about um, that it may not necessarily be about the person per se. Right, exactly. Yes, exactly. So sometimes it's going to be, and that's when I think just cry, you know, let that out. When it, yeah. But okay. other times it might just be about being lonely or missing having someone to just share your evenings with. Or Right, exactly. It might not be about that direct person. It might be about some secondary things. And that's a really good, um, I mean, I like, you know, that fact about that maybe you're just feeling lonely. And so then if you're feeling lonely, you know, what is it that you can do to um, help you with that need? You know, because that's not directly connected to your ex. Yeah. Um, Well, for starters, um, it's an okay emotion experience. We all Mm. are going to feel lonely at times. And so I think... One of the things that happens, and, and this is what I work a lot with my clients about, is just normalizing the feelings and being okay with them, is that um, you don't always have to do something about it because being lonely is just a universal emotion that everyone experiences and goes through. Now, with that being said, most people don't want to just sit around and be lonely. So definitely, <laughs> I would say, you know, make connections with your friends, um, 
you know, there, if you don't, if you're in a new city, for example, or all your friends, I hear so often, my friends are married, I don't have anyone to hang out with. Um, there are, this is so interesting, there's actually um, some websites out there now that are for making friends. So it's like online dating, but for making friends. Mm-hmm. You fill out a profile, you send a coffee instead of a wink, and you can try to build a social <laughs> circle. So. <laughs> funny send a coffee that's awesome yeah Yeah, that's that's really awesome let's have coffee together (laughs) yeah exactly it's a a great great way to meet someone yeah yeah as a friend to build a social circle yeah okay and so and so the idea with this in terms of these pieces that are hard when it comes to breakup I mean it sounds like um, addressing these and recognize these can really be something that can help um, someone in the initial stages of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. So stay tuned. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You read about it in health news every day. Cancer rates are going up. Obesity in the U.S. is on the rise. Heart disease and diabetes are top killers every year. We can follow the advice of our doctor, but cravings persist. Weight goes up and energy is still down. It doesn't have to be like this. Tune in for Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. You'll learn how you can work with your body to feel better and look better, too. Body Balance Talk airs live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Serena Wadwa at gmail.com. That's Dr. Serena W A D H W A at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. All right, and thanks for 
staying tuned with us. We're talking with Eileen Castell, who is a licensed clinical professional counselor and specializes with relationship ambivalence and relationship breakups. And we've been talking about these issues um, throughout the show. And before we went on break, um, you know, we were talking about the hardest pieces about breakups. And, you know, I was a little curious about what you have seen um, with clients that you work with, or, you know, maybe in the literature that you've read, if, you know, you had mentioned that the three things um, are that sense of when people um, experience uh, like a loss of control, that they start um, uh, thinking about it a lot. And then the uh, peak peak in theory, I think you yeah. called it. Mm-hmm. And then the last one was just like the the missing piece. And, mm-hmm. and and I was just curious, you know, of those three that you mentioned being the hardest, if if you have found that people struggle with one more than the other, or if one tends to be um, more more of a challenge for individuals, um, like men or for women. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um you know, I think it just depends on each each person. I, I, not to throw you for a loop, but I, I think one of the biggest things that comes up so often is social media. Um, <laughs> one yeah. of the hardest, one of the hardest things, and I think that's with both genders that I absolutely see as the social media piece. Um, you know, and and really, it's heartbreaking to have access to someone else's life over social media. And I think it's a way that people still get to feel connected with their exes. Um, Even though they're not involved in their lives on a daily basis, they can still check like Spotify and see what music they're listening to, or they can log on to Facebook and see what they're doing or Instagram and see the photos in the last week. And I think it's a way that people psychologically and emotionally is one of the hardest things to let go of because it's the last thing that keeps them connected. Um, but really, I think it's it's one of the most damaging ways. I definitely talk and encourage people to um, remove themselves or remove their, their exes from every avenue of social media and every capacity. And um, I usually get a lot of gas. I'm like, no, I, you know, I'm not ready for that. Um, and so usually it takes a little bit of adjusting to, but ultimately, um, usually when I say the following to people, they, they, it clicks and they're like, yeah, you know, this is probably a good move for myself. Is You know, I tell people, you, you're already broken up. You don't want to have to watch your partner get over you and move on from you in the process. Because, and the same goes with texting. I'm going to include the, the texting in this whole media piece is, you know, if you're um, texting and the texts are slowing down even after the breakup, it's kind of like watching them get over you. Or let's say you're texting them and saying, I miss you. Um, and that starts to slow down and they start saying, oh, I'm uh, sorry you're having a rough night or, or you don't get a text back instead of the same, like, yeah, I miss you too. I know this is hard. Um, it's re-traumatizing. It's like a whole breakup all over again, whether you're watching it on Facebook happen or watching it in real life. And there's so much interpreta- misinterpretation that can come from Facebook, which is, you know, a picture or a post that goes up that takes only a few seconds of life. And it really doesn't capture 
what someone's actually experiencing, doing, or going through. And there's a lot of room for error with that. And and what a great point to make because I mean we you know and we make we are really good storytellers. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. are, we are right. We, we are such good storytellers, and we can spin any kind of story from one picture. Mm-hmm. And 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 yeah, because and I see that even with, um, clients that I work with, um, you know, I don't, I don't work with clients in the same field you do, but absolutely just from social media alone, just the kinds Mm -hmm. of things that I hear, I'm just like, where exactly are you getting that from? Yeah. (laughs) Our brains run wild versus just looking at the facts. Facts are a picture of that person and, and someone else is with them and I don't know who they are. And it's one moment in time. Right, exactly. No and it's like, it was taken at 11:59 p.m. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So so you're recognizing and you talk with individuals about how social media makes the breakup even harder. Yeah, it's it's honestly I would even say the word re-traumatizing. Yeah, oh, it's like going so through the breakup over and over and over again. Okay. And so what else have you found? I mean, I know from those three um, um, pieces that you mentioned earlier, it doesn't really sound like um, there's really a way to kind of distinguish that. But, you know, kind of going through what else makes breakups really hard, romantic breakups? Sure. Um, There's actually a biological component, I think, that we don't even think to acknowledge. And this this will sound familiar to you because I know you work with addictions, right, and or have experience working with addictions, and um, there's a lot of biology that goes into breakups and heartbreaks and loss and grief, and there's actually a really awesome TED Talk, if anybody wants to learn more about this. Helen Fisher has an awesome TED Talk, and the, the title of it is um, The Brain in Love, and research shows that love activates the same regions in our brain. Um, that's associated with food and drug craving, drug oh. craving. So, in other words, just addiction. So, yeah. um, so when you are going through a heartbreak and we're feeling and thinking like we'll do anything to see our ex, we will do anything to try to contact them or get back with them. It's essentially due to a withdrawal effect in the brain. Um, and if you think about um, when you fall in love, um, it's You have a physiological reaction, your heart races, you get excited, um, you start to think about the person more, and then you start to really think about the person all day. (laughs) When you're with them, it's like the best time ever. When you're not with them, all you want to do is spend your time with them. It's like an addiction. The same thing happens when you're going through a breakup, but it's in the reverse. Your physiological changes, your heart hurts. Um, you're thinking about them all the time, obsessively. You want to do anything to spend your time with them. Um, so it's a really interesting physiological, biological process that's happening. And so it's not just an emotional shift that needs to happen. Your body actually has to go through a process of reprogramming itself. That is Wow, that's really interesting. So it's very similar to um, what individuals who are uh, dependent, like physiologically dependent on a substance. So Mm -hmm. like for listeners, if you recognize that you get a headache um, without, if you don't have your morning coffee, 
and or you're irritable because you don't get your morning coffee, that may be potentially a symptom of a caffeine withdrawal. And so mm-hmm. what I'm hearing you say, Eileen, is that love is very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And brain imaging is absolutely showing that. So what makes relationship break now does that is there um does that matter in terms of how long um a relationship has been um active like how long two people have been together is there Sure yeah I you know um one would think but in that sense I don't I don't believe that the length of time that two people have been together is going to determine how painful the breakup or a heartbreak is or how long it's going to last because a, a six month relationship could be as intense and loving and, and intimate as a one year relationship. And it's really hard to compare um, apples to oranges from relationship to relationship. So because the fact that people are different mm-hmm. and, and their, how their relationship is will be different, obviously, and, and different factors obviously will be involved mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Okay. So when you're thinking about then like the physiological component to a breakup, I mean, what what do you suggest in terms of that for people? Because that's painful. <laughs> I imagine I'm th- yeah. I'm just thinking about like what my addiction clients go through, you know, when they're in withdrawal or detoxing from heroin or alcohol or cocaine. That is painful. So yeah. just like, oh my goodness, like a, a love withdrawal. What, what do you do with something like that? Or what do you yeah. recommend for your clients about when you encourage them to withdraw from social media? Yeah, so I think that's when uh, it, everyone's reaction is different. It can cause right. anxiety or it can cause sadness. Um, and really, I think, you know, people aren't not, some people love this. Not everybody does, but I really would say my number one go-to would be to go work out. Yeah. Whether you're sad, like get a friend to peel you out of bed and take a walk, go work out. Cause whether you're sad or anxious, you need that physical hormonal release. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's really helpful in terms of managing stress and, and sadness. So that would be my first actual, you know, tangible thing that you can have control over because like I said when we don't have control over something um, we feel helpless and that leads to more depression and less problem solving and so something like what can I do go work out it's not gonna cure what you're going through but I come from a harm reduction model so taking your intensity of your emotion whether it's sadness or anxiety from a 10 to a 7 Um, and so definitely go work out is the first thing absolutely that I would say Okay. And then is there anything else? That, well, what is, so even with social media withdrawal, mm-hmm. like when you're mm-hmm. encouraging. Oh, the social media piece. That is a really, really um, tough one. Cause I have, I have my clients come back in and it's like a confession. They're like, um, I checked Facebook <laughs> this week. And it's like, oh, it's okay. You know? And so what I do is I, I, that's a good question. Um, I talk with them about what were you needing? Um, you know, why did you log on? What was happening in that moment? Um, were you missing them? Were you feeling lonely? Were you wanting to feel like they're a part of your life still? Were you wanting to feel connected with them again? Why did you text them? What were you needing? So that's the number one thing I ask them. What were you needing? And is there a way you can get that filled in a different avenue? 
Oh, and that's uh, okay. So just kind of figuring out the purpose of of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it's an immediate then, gratification, right? Because yeah, say you check you check social media, you get your you get your fill, and then you log off, and you're like, hmm. Five hours later, I wonder what they're doing now. Right. Right. And, and like what you said earlier, it just kind of keeps that connection going. So it makes it much mm-hmm. harder than to sever the relationship. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Real Life Solutions. Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. How many times have you heard this? I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. You are what you eat. I've tried every diet. Diets don't work. It's time to stop this kind of madness and start thinking and feeling empowered to change your health. Tune in to The Raw Truth with Chef Sharon Fraser. Join us weekly for thought-provoking conversations with world-renowned experts in the food, medical, holistic, sports medicine, chiropractic, and naturopathic health sciences. The Raw Truth airs live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drserenawathwa at gmail.com. That's drserenawathwa at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. 
All right. And thanks for staying tuned. We are talking about heartbreak healing, recovering from a relationship breakup with Eileen Castell. And, you know, we've been talking about all kinds of things related to relationship breakups and why they're so hard and why people break up and, you know, what what makes them hard and components of it. And, you know, what, what advice um, can you provide to individuals that may be listening that are actually going through a breakup? Yeah. Uh, probably the first and most important is that there is no timeline. Don't oh, yeah. Yourself, meet yourself wherever you're at in the process. There's no, there's no right way to do this. So as long as you're trying to deal with it and trying to cope in healthy ways, that time will help you and your body will, will process this for you. So, you know, I think a lot of times people think about why am I not over them yet? Um, and so I really encourage people to go easy on themselves and you have to develop, excuse me, you have to celebrate the small, the small victories such as, uh, you know, at the very, very early beginning, it might be like, oh, you know, I didn't cry um, at work today. And that might be your biggest small victory. So definitely to notice a small victory so you can notice the progress and the change happening. And that's uh, a really great point that you bring up because I think people often, like what you said earlier, they kind of just expect themselves to already be done with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- and yeah. not acknowledge small victories. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. So I think that's a really important point. So, you know, that, that that's important to do is that, hey, I didn't cry at work today. And I, hey, yay me. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know what? I laughed a couple times while I was out with my friends. That's progress. I still hurt. and still upset. I'm still in pain. But, right. you know, that was one one more smile than I had yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Because those are so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then probably the second thing is also very hard for people, but it is the breaking off, cutting, cutting off the ex, taking personal space for yourself. The friend, state remaining friends is, is not a good idea. Um, I've seen the research. I've watched my clients do it. Um, and even through my own experiences, uh, trying to be friends after is not going to work because you need to make, there needs to be enough time for you to grieve and to change the way that you view that person and to be able to make that shift from seeing them as a romantic person who you could go to with your problems or your stressors or your good times and to really shift that into a friendship mode. And so I really then encourage people to um, focus inward on themselves and to not talk, not see, and not engage with their exes. And it can be extremely hard because, we're again, we're talking about not doing the social media, not even reading old text messages from them. Um, this is really important to the healing process. And a lot of, you know, even some, if you can't take any um, physical space, like let's say you guys work together, then at least try and take as much mental, mental space um, as possible. So when you say mental space, can you give, like, can you expand on that a little bit? What do you mean by that? Sure. So let's just say 
your your ex has happened to be in your social circle, let's say you guys have the same friends or you happen to work together, um, if you have to physically be in the same environment, I would, by mental space, I mean try not to chat with them, okay. um, try not to be watching what they're doing all the time or trying to find ways to interact with them or things like that. So just kind of recognize if you are... Um, moving closer to where they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or trying to get in their eyesight. Yeah, and I think that this whole this whole taking space for yourself is it definitely um, it it takes a, a little bit of time for people to be okay with this because you're yeah. you're literally saying, okay, I'm I'm taking control of this. I'm no longer right. gonna wait and hope that I get a random text message from them. Maybe on right. a weekend, I'm taking control of this. There's no contact. Um, you can let them know if you want no contact, but if you're going to tell them no contact, keep it brief and just tell them, hey, there's no contact, they need to get over you. Um, and really this time is about being proactive and focusing on yourself. And by, by taking a no contact stance, it puts you back in control. Yeah, that's that's fabulous. Um, any other um, advice that you can give to people? Uh, yeah, be- really quickly, I would say clearing your space and your environment. So, um, for starters, our, our brains make associations with things in our environment through our senses. So, um, you know, our, our environments, events, moments, sounds, memories, um, they affect us physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. So, really go home and assess your environment to make changes um, for things that bring you negative associations or things that... Um, or maybe nostalgic that give you negative emotions. So get rid of the objects and you know, comforters, pictures, jewelry, songs on your iTunes. Um, I don't care what you do with them. Sell them. Throw them away. <laughs> give, them, give them to someone you care about that can hold on to, to them. Put them in your attic. Put them in underneath. Just get them out of your eyesight. Um, it'll aid in the recovery process because it's going to reduce um, the pervasive thoughts right? Because if we make associations uh, and we see it, we're going to keep thinking about them and being reminded of them. Right. And it's time to make changes and habit changes. So um, I definitely recommend going home and, and doing that. And then the other thing is, is um, change up your living space. Um, if you can't afford to like remodel or redecorate, just change furniture around, move a lamp to another side. Um, you know, move picture frames around, change up the, the layout. Again, the associations, um, just the environment. It, it, we need to we rewire our brains, and that's helpful for that. And, and so when you work with clients and, you know, talking about, you know, like helping them through this process, mm-hmm. in, in the minute or uh, minute and a half that we have left, how, how do you help individuals then um, choose differently in the future. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> yeah. In one minute. So, in um, one yeah. minute. Yeah. So I would probably say, um, look at your favorite people in the world, your best friends, your family, and write down what your favorite things are about them, and do the same for exes, and see if there's any common traits that come up. Things like supportive, funny, kind. Um, uh, things like that. And if you see those common traits, those are probably things that are important to you. And those are things you should look for in a future partner. And those are your non-negotiable, never budge from those. Hmm. 
I have a whole process, but yes, I would say coming up with <laughs> in like a nutshell. Five, that's yeah, in a nutshell, I would say come up with five or seven non-negotiables or values that are really important to you that you're not going to negotiate once you're infatuated with someone. So in this entire, I mean, we talked about a lot, a lot of different things, and you know, you gave some really great information about. Um, what relationship breakups are about and, you know, people, how they could be ambivalent and what they may be ambivalent about. And we talked about um, things that are difficult when it comes to breakups. So, and, you know, just a lot of different pieces of information. So if listeners want to find out more or learn more um, about your process and how you help them, um, Mm -hmm. how can listeners get in contact with you? Sure. Um, my website is nextstepcounselingchicago.com or people can contact me at my phone number, which is 630-309-2044. And I also have a group support coming up. Um, it starts October 18th. It's actually called Heartbreak Boot Camp. And which is an awesome uh, we're getting women going through the same thing together and it's a combination of um, personal training and some seminars in, in groups. So it's, you can go to heartbreakbootcamp.com for that. Um, is that also something that they can find on your website if they choose to do that? We're just launching it. So it's not integrated on my website just yet. So they're two okay. separate websites at a time. <laughs> Okay, that that's good to know. So, Eileen, thanks so much for joining us today, and I really appreciate you talking about uh, heartbreak healing and how people can recover from a relationship breakup. Thank you. You're welcome. It was nice chatting. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. Have a great weekend, and join us next week. Thanks again for making the first of hopefully many changes this week by tuning in to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time. Dr. Serena Wadwa hopes that you'll join her again next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week! Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.